have here together. We've got Michigan and Western Michigan on uh, our TVs here in the WGR studio. And I'm not sure what Joe Marino is watching, but he's probably got a lot of college football to watch this weekend. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and also the Locked On Bills podcast joining us right now on the Western Hotline. Uh, Joe, thanks again for taking the time. I guess I got to ask you right off the bat, how many college games are you paying attention to this weekend? I know you've probably got a lot on the docket. Well, pay attention to is, is all of them. You know, in terms of the ones that I'm really dialed into right now, it's Penn State and Wisconsin. Then we're going Miami, Alabama, and of course Clemson and Georgia mm-hmm. to cap off today. Well, very good. Yeah. So uh, Joe, of course, of the Draft Network, you can uh, follow along with him on Twitter at the Joe Marino. The and the is just the. I just like to emphasize the though because you know there are other, other Joe Marinos. We know another because, Joe Marino, but but and, he is the Joe Marino. This Joe Marino is the Joe Marino. So you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow along with plenty of his thoughts on the uh, upcoming draft class that's going to be happening. But Joe, we got you on today to talk a little bit of uh, Bills football and just your thoughts overall on uh, what you've seen from the team in the preseason, and I guess we'll start off there. What did you like from this Bills team in the preseason, from the action that you did get to see uh, heading into the opener coming up next Sunday against the Steelers? Well, I think you put a lot of stock into that last game against Green Bay where you saw the starters play uh, for you know an extended period of time, and that's probably the most meaningful takeaways that we can glean from the preseason and Obviously, Josh Allen being the, the story of how sharp he looked and in total command and control of the offense. And if you had doubts about him being able to replicate what he did last year or if you had concerns about him playing in front of people in the stands, there was 50,000 people there. And so he certainly answered a lot of those questions uh, that maybe some of the doubters may have had going into this year. But I would probably shift gears to the defense for my most notable takeaway as we look for this Bills defense to bounce back uh, from a down year after what the team was the previous two years under Sean McDermott. And I really feel like the design of this defense is to try and create negative plays and takeaways and you know put the, the opposing offense behind the sticks. Now with that is probably going to come some situations where the Bills are kind of that bend but don't break defense where uh, opponents are able to move the football. But if you're going to score points, you're going to have to stack together 10, 11, 12 plays and finish. And I think that's kind of what they're subscribing to because the Bills offensively are going to put so much pressure on opponents to keep pace, and it's a different vantage point for that defense. And they struggled to, to kind of play from that, that vantage point last year. And I think the, the counter this year is, okay, we, we understand that statistically it may not measure up to previous years, but if we can keep – the, the, the pressure on them by scoring, but also then by being an attack-style defense with these these waves of defensive linemen and ball hawks on the back end, you know, we could be tough to score on them. So that's kind of what I gleaned from preseason in terms of what I – what I can extrapolate and think this team's going to be like in 2021. Joe, I think a lot of the, the people that are going to be watching um, – this team going forward is going to be a lot of position competition. You know, uh, Sean McDermott earlier this week said that there's plenty of competition still going on in practice. And, uh, you know, there's the competition with the offensive line and guard still. We we don't necessarily know who's exactly going to get first team reps come Sunday. Cornerbacks, another competition. Which, which competition battle are you still looking forward to watching? Not only 
as the practice time still goes throughout this week, but also as the season continues to go along, kind of going along with the theme of just like what headlines are you following along? What what position battles are you looking forward to, to watching as the season goes on? Well, I think that's a good question, and I think the angle that I'm taking with this, and, I, and I'm not sure I've heard too many people say this, is you know we're looking at the guard situation, we're looking at the CB2 situation, and when I think about the history of, if you will, unsettled positions and competitions under Coach McDermott that go into the regular season, there's been a rotation. We saw that with Matt Milano and Ramon Humber. We saw it with Ty Secchi and Cody Ford. We saw it with Josh Norman and Levi Wallace. And so maybe that's the answer. Maybe it really will be Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace rotating at corner like Wallace and Norman did last year. Maybe it's going to be uh, some combination of Bucker. Ford and Feliciano rotating in and out like we saw them do with Inseki and Ford. And so I think that could be our answer. And if somebody becomes a clear answer and you can't pull them off the field, well, then it's settled. But if they're not settled at this point, I do think that we should be willing to be open to the idea that they may just rotate at those two positions. Joe, one of the things that I'm really looking for um, this team to do better going into 2021 is the ability to really just close out the games. Cause how many times frustratingly did they let a team back into a game last season when they immediately first half took it to them and now they're coming into it in the third quarter lulls happened. And now you got to look at this team and think the ability to close out games. Can we look for improvement in the running game when it comes to run blocking and also from the backs themselves? And um, what kind of, hope and expectation are you putting on Singletary and Moss going into this year? Well, I thought that was definitely an issue at the beginning of the season last year, and I thought they began to answer those questions with with how they really, I mean, finish out the season incredibly strong. You saw the run game show up against Pittsburgh, against New England down the stretch. Um, in fact, I mean, I, I think one of the least discussed talking points that we should be saying more about regarding the Bills' rushing attack is that over that last stretch of games, the last eight weeks of the season, when you know the, the Bills, I thought, really hit their stride as a football team. I mean, Devin Singletary averaged over five yards a carry. Zach Moss was, was over 4.7. And so the running game improved last year. It's just from a volume perspective, it really, you know, the numbers aren't going to be there, but on a per carry basis, it was absolutely there, especially considering where they started. And you have to go back to early in the season and remember the dynamics that existed where, you know, you have Cody Ford, uh, who gets injured right away. You have John Feliciano, who doesn't start for several weeks into the season. I mean, remember Brian Winters was starting games at guard for this football team. And that offensive line, you know, they never had the, the combination of five that they preferred at any point during the season last year because of injuries, especially with the middle three players. And so as things stabilized, as Bacher became the guard, as Feliciano came back and was healthy, as Zach Moss got past the early season turf toe, the run game did get better last year. And so I think you, you kind of take that momentum into an off season where Brian Dable can figure out from a design perspective what he wants this run game to look like. You get Zach Moss healthy. You have, you know, Devin Singletary another year with the system, and obviously he's transformed his, his body a bit, and he looks a bit more explosive. And so I think you put all that together, and you should have a lot of optimism about the Bills' rushing attack being able to complement what they do in terms of the passing game and give them a little bit more punch closing out football games. 
Joe Marino from the Locked On Bills podcast and also the Draft Network joining us right now on the Wester Hotline here on WGR. Sticking with the offense here, Joe, uh, one of the other headlines I'm kind of looking forward to this season is just kind of how they split up the reps between wide receivers this year. Because we all know Stefan Diggs is the number one guy. He's going to be out there a lot, getting the ball thrown to him a lot. He led the league in receiving and uh, reception yards last year. So there's no doubt he's going to get looked a lot at. But I'm also uh, what I'm looking at is more of the Gabriel Davises and the Emmanuel Sanders and the Cole Beasleys and you know even the Isaiah McKenzies. Just, just how do you think they're going to spread the ball around with so many good options for Josh Allen to get the ball to? Yeah, I think you can see, expect to see you know, another 11 personnel, three wide receivers on the field 70% of the time probably. You'll probably get 10 personnel, four receivers another 10% of the time. And the Bills aren't afraid to go empty either, where I think you could see some five-receiver packages. And so I'm guessing somewhere around 90% of the Bills' offensive snaps will feature at least three receivers on the field. And, you know, this is a great problem to have where you have a lot of different skill sets. I think that's what's the exciting part is you've got a lot of talent and you've got a little bit of an issue here with getting everyone on the field and feeding them the football and keeping everyone happy but you have a lot of complementary skill sets and guys that win in different ways and at different levels of the field. And so from a matchup perspective, from the concepts that you want to run perspective, uh, you just have options. And so, um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have a situation where the Bills pass the ball for 5,000 yards and you have multiple 1,000-yard receivers, but you got a bunch that have six, 700 yards. And certainly Diggs will get his, that's no question. Uh, but uh, I, I think you can look to see a, a, a even more diverse passing game in terms of the players that are featured and, and how the ball is distributed. And that's a good problem to have, and I think that's exactly what they want this offense to look like and be. Joe, the biggest uh, off-season buzz that I think a lot of Bills Twitter was going on about was um, the tight end position, and they just went ahead and put a nuke to any hopes and dreams <laughs> of it. Uh, so they're moving forward with – Knox, Sweeney, Gilliam, and honestly, I'm not all that surprised. I think that they believe in Dawson Knox. Uh, what do you think that the uh, position is going to look like heading into the season here? And what, again, what do you think they're going to roll with here? We mentioned you just mentioned the fact that they're not afraid of going empty. So, is it really just going to be another one of those things where fans are just going to be disappointed in the position once again? Well, I, I mean, here's there's so much to dig into with this tight end conversation. I mean, first of all, you just saw last year the best offense the Buffalo Bills have ever put on the field, ever. Not close, over 500 points. The best it's ever been. And tight ends weren't a big part of it. And so if, if you want the tight ends to be a bigger part of the offense, but it's still not as effective, I don't understand that talking point. The reason the Bills' offense was so dynamic last year was, of course, Josh Allen, but because he threw the football two wide receivers. The Bills' wide receivers as a group had 400 more receiving yards than any other team in the NFL when it comes to just wide receiver production. And so I don't understand why you would be interested in changing that script. Now, what is interesting is Brandon Bean came out after the season and, and put the tight end room on blast. He said, we never really got that group to the point where we thought that other teams were concerned about playing uh, our tight ends and stopping them from going off. And he specifically said, we'd love to have a guy like the one we just played in Kansas City. That's the goal. And so this expectation was created that something was going to happen at tight end. You know, I do the Lockdown Bills podcast. I take a lot of questions. A lot of people were pounding the table for going after a Hunter Henry or a John o. Smith 
or trading for Zach Ertz or making a move in the draft to go way up and get Kyle Pitts just for the sake of answering this tight end question. And what did the Bills do? They did basically nothing. You're going into this season with Dawson Knox, and you know year three for him, he's been an inconsistent player. He's got a lot of tools and traits that I think can make him dynamic. And Tommy Sweeney, a seventh-round pick from 2019, it didn't play last year. you got this hybrid guy in Reggie Gilliam. It's a fullback tight end guy. And so I'm sure there's a lot of Bills fans that are very disappointed on what's happened this offseason at the tight end position, which I would remind you that tight ends were not a big part of the offense last year, and it was the best offense the Bills have ever put on the field, the best offense in the AFC, and uh, I wouldn't mess with that formula. if it, You don't want tight end production just to, for the sake of it. You don't want to take away targets from Beasley and, and Diggs and, and Sanders and, and Davis just so that you throw the ball to tight ends if it doesn't mean the offense is actually better. Joe, last question I've got for you is surrounding Tremaine Edmonds. I think that since the Bills drafted Tremaine Edmonds, it almost seems like we've all been kind of been left wanting more from Tremaine Edmonds. And him getting Star Latulale back on the on the defensive line this year should allow him to to have a little more space to be able to work and kind of do his thing. But what do you want to see from Tremaine Edmonds in year four of this Buffalo Bills defense? And and what do you need to see more from him? To establish to in your for you in your mind to establish that you know he's he's gonna be able to fit in as a very good middle linebacker in the NFL for quite some time. Such an interesting player to discuss because there's this one hand where this guy is you know in his going into his fourth season and he's um, young right like 23 years old mm-hmm. so, such a young football player and has already started a lot of games. He's been the starting Mike linebacker for the NFL's number three defense as a rookie, number two defense his second season, number 14 last year. He's a two-time team captain, a two-time pro bowler, and we're wondering if this guy's going to arrive, right? Like, Because the accolades are absolutely there, and he's young and, and gifted. But I do understand that there's a consistency issue with Tremaine Edmonds and that he needs to be a more consistently impactful player, particularly when playing downhill. I think we're all pretty comfortable with – what he brings in terms of uh, coverage and getting his hands in throwing lanes and uh, being able to be that you know real challenge in the middle of the field to to fit the football behind, but you know playing forward, being more consistent in man coverage, playing off contact, all of those things are questions, and I think it comes from Tremaine Edmonds just just trusting what he sees more consistently and more quickly, right? Like you have to read your keys and you have to go, and so I think that's the thing with Tremaine. He got he has to get ahead of blocks more consistently by processing faster and playing faster. And you'd like to think that entering year four with the amount of experience that he has, not only in the NFL, but in this system with this personnel, that it comes together this year. So that discrepancy between, uh, you know, what this guy's done and what his resume is and the perception of him, you know, I I certainly understand he's he's kind of a complicated player, but, you know, the stage is absolutely there. It's set for him to really, you know, put everything together and, and become an upper echelon middle linebacker this year. Joe Marino from the Draft Network joining us right now on the Western Hotline here on WGR and also of the Locked on Bills podcast. Joe, we appreciate you taking the time out of a busy college football schedule for you to join us to talk some Bills football. Enjoy the football season, and we'll talk to you again very soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Joe Marino joining us here on the Western Hotline. Uh, for all things Bills, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Bills on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you'll be able to hear uh, Joe there.